Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. WPHT, HD, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. We are live from... Radio Row at CPAC. It's great to be with you, and we are having a blast. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate it very, very much. We've had a lot of fun, a lot of great interviews. Um, Our special guest is running late. There was some programming changes in the speaker order. Uh, But I'm guaranteed an interview with this special guest. It's just a matter of when. We may be recording the interview after the hour's over, or or it may happen during this hour. I don't know. Either way, you're going to have a great hour of radio ahead of you, so I promise you that. You don't have to worry about a thing. Uh, And then tomorrow, we've got some great guests in the works already, and who who knows what surprises will ensue. One thing I do know, though, is that the bar is loaded. I mean, I'm not even joking. Right now, we're in Radio Row, and this place is starting to clear out. Of course, we are one of the shows that I have to do my, my fourth and final punishment hour, so we're live, but... Uh, it's it, it's like it, it, the tumbleweed up here now. The bar downstairs, because I went downstairs and just checked it out real quick. Loaded. <laughs> just checked it out. Just checked. I was trying and did a couple shots of uh, <laughs> of uh, Maker's Mark. But it's loaded down at the bar. Everybody's having a blast. It's a lot of fun. It's great being here today. Uh, the uh, other DeSantis, not Matt DeSantis, the one who actually matters, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. <laughs> declared that he would sign a bill into law that would release the secret grand jury material from the state's 2006 investigation into allegations of Jeffrey Epstein's sexual assaults of underage girls. DeSantis also challenged President Joe Biden to release the federal files relating to Epstein's alleged child sex crimes. Now, don't forget, this comes on the heels of another story we did last week, which is that the victims of Jeffrey Epstein are now suing the FBI for their negligence in in going after Jeffrey Epstein. Because it was a cover. The whole thing was a cover-up. I mean, Epstein was, and I still believe, is an asset. Um, I mean, he's dead now. He didn't kill himself, but he's dead. But I've always believed he was an asset of the uh, of the deep state, of the national security state. And that's why when they went to search his apartment in New York, his townhouse, and they opened up the safe and they saw evidence of crimes, they completely ignored it and said they needed a warrant even though it was in plain sight, they could have taken it. They could have got a magistrate judge on the phone, but they do not do those things. And as a result, uh, more people were harmed. So that is, is coming out. By the way, I want to mention, I have to mention this or I will um, 
feel terrible if I forget. But my buddy, Steve Paccaraduni from Gloucester County, has a big event coming up this Sunday. They are doing an official petition signing to get Donald Trump on the New Jersey ballot. The event is free. It's hosted and sponsored by America First Republicans. It starts Saturday, February 25th, 12 to 3 p.m. Doors open at noon. It's at the Coles Shopping Center in Washington Township, New Jersey. Free event. The first 100 signers will get a free Trump flag. You'll get a free keepsake Trump pen that you will use to sign his petition to get him on the ballot. Light refreshments will be available. That's coming up this Sunday, February 25th in Gloucester County. And they have some great speakers coming up as well. So make time for that. Uh, the big story of the hour, though, is this story about what Governor DeSantis is doing in Florida. It is brought to you by our buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile, VenariaDental.com. <clears throat> So when it comes to Jeffrey Epstein, what we need to do is we need to ensure that we get all the truth out there. We have to ensure that we get the truth on the record. And we have to ensure that everything is known. And we cannot hide anything anymore. Uh, it all has to come out. It has to come out. And I'm sick and tired of the cover-up. I really am. I'm sick and tired of it. Now, what DeSantis is doing, it's interesting because the files, he said, all files related to Jeffrey Epstein's criminal activity should be made public. While the federal government continues to stonewall accountability, I'm glad the legislature has taken action to release the grand jury material from the Florida state case. I will sign the bill into law. Once signed, the law goes into effect on July 1st. And the governor is asking now why Biden won't do the same on the federal level. Great question. Why won't Biden release the federal government's Epstein files? It's an excellent question. We know the answer to that, though, of course, and that is because he probably was part of the national security state. Florida politics said of the bill it amends Florida statutes by expanding a furthering of justice exemption to grand jury secrecy to include furthering a public interest. But it comes with severe conditions that Epstein's case uniquely meets, including that the subject of the grand jury inquiry must be dead. The inquiry must have involved crimes or sexual activity with a minor and that the testimony must have been previously disclosed under a court order. A court could limit what is shared with the public and could redact documents and testimony. Last year, two of Epstein's victims committed suicide, unlike Jeffrey Epstein. Many other victims are suffering in my county and around the world, said one of the bill's sponsors. Epstein could have been stopped right here in Florida. Instead, he was released to dehumanize girls for another 13 years. We need to know why. Back in 2005, police in Palm Beach, Florida, began investigating Epstein over allegations of sexual assault of minors after the parents of a 14-year-old reported child sex abuse accusations to law enforcement. In a June 2016 deposition, a Palm Beach police detective said he had spoken to approximately 30 females who had told him about performing massage and work at Epstein's home. The detective noted that a majority of the females that he spoke to were under the age of 18. The detective, his name is Joseph Rosari, he said Epstein would either attempt to fondle the girls or touch the girls inappropriately, at which point he would, he would pleasure himself. And when he was done, he would get up and go wash off while the girls would get dressed and go back downstairs and get paid. Some of the minors said they were paid to recruit their friends to massage Epstein. Epstein's lawyers secured a sweetheart deal for the alleged financier in 2008. He pleaded guilty to procuring a child for prostitution and soliciting a prostitute. He served 13 months in a private prison wing and had extensive work release. 
During that time, according to the Associated Press, he was taken to his office where he claimed to be running his financial consulting business and his foundation. Who does that when they're in prison, by the way? Who's, who's allowed to go to their office and work? By the time of his release, he was spending six days a week and 18 hours a day at his office. Well, he was supposedly in prison. He was required to wear an ankle monitor and hire two deputies to oversee his whereabouts from the lobby, but they were not in his office with him. July of 2019, Epstein was arrested at Teterboro Airport in New Jersey, and he was charged with sex trafficking and conspiracy to traffic minors for sex. The grand jury indictment alleged that dozens of underage girls were transported to Epstein's homes for the purpose of engaging in sexual encounters. In August of 2019, Epstein did not commit suicide because he didn't hang himself in a Manhattan federal jail cell while he awaited trial. Earlier this month, his brother shared photographs of the convicted pedophile's body. Mark Epstein is questioning the narrative that his brother killed himself in prison because obviously his brother did not kill himself in prison. So there you go. Uh, the other point, too, that I want to mention to you is that Jonathan Turley points out, and this is a very, very important point, that the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the uh, what they're doing to Catherine Herridge here the, over at CBS News, a former, former uh, journalist, the one really the only journalist who's out there, Catherine Herridge, has now been fired. Turley went on to say that the implications of what seized files mean, because CBS seized all their files, for the government's ongoing court case against Herridge as well as CBS. And the thing about it is that CBS is suggesting that it will allow unnamed individuals to rifle through Catherine Herridge's files to determine what will remain with the network and what will be returned to the reporter. That could fundamentally alter how reporters operate and how willing sources are to trust assurances that they will be protected. See, in criminal cases involving privileged information, the government has an elaborate filter team system to wall off access to information that's under review. In the court system, judges use in-camera and ex parte reviews to protect such information. Ironically, the media itself seems to take a more ad hoc approach. Indeed, CBS seems to have adopted a trust us, we're the media approach. However, that could expose these files to the access of unnamed lawyers, tech staff, and others who are conducting this inventory and analysis. You see, she's trying to protect her sources. The government wants her to reveal her sources. She said, hell no, she won't because she's an actual journalist and she's trying to protect her sources. Thankfully... Turley said, Herridge's former colleagues have scoffed at this move. They said, quote, this is the journalist union here. The position of CBS has alarmed many, including the union, as an attack on free press principles by one of the nation's most esteemed press organizations. I have spoken confidently with current and former CBS employees who have stated that they could not recall the company ever taking such a step before. When sources accept confidentiality assurances, it is an understanding that rests with the reporter. It is a matter of trust that can take a long time to establish on a personal level between a reporter and a source. A lot of this, too, is because Catherine Herridge was involved in intelligence and law enforcement. Professor Turley explained that journalists are generally allowed to leave with their files as per the standard contract, including the one at CBS, so long as they can be made available to the network in the event of future litigation. That's not what happened here. They've seized all of her records and all of her files. Now, the reason why I think they've done this is because they want to do the government's bidding. I've told you for a long time, the unholy triad exists between the government, corporate media, 
and big tech, except with the exception of, of X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. CBS wants to do the beheading, the, uh, the, the, the bidding of the Biden administration and the, and, and the government and the deep state. And I think they want to get these sources out there because they don't give a damn about journalism. They give a damn about pushing the narrative. And they also want to be able to ensure that they can help the government get whatever narrative it wants out there. They, they don't want an adversarial relationship with the government. They don't want that. But it's not what they're looking for. They're not looking to do those things. That is not in any way, shape, or form what they want. This is a journalism, quote-unquote, journalism world right now where you have the, the media pushing the narrative of the government, serving that narrative. That's what the government of the United States of America is doing, and that's what the corporate media works with them to do. Now, <clears throat> when you think about the uh, question, of course, of all of this, do you think that the media in this country ever actually fact-checks Joe Biden? See, former Democrat senator and shill for the left, Claire McCaskill, was on MSNBC. She's on there quite a bit. She was on the Morning Joe Schmo show. And um, she said that every major newspaper in America, well, I'll let you take a listen to this, this absurdity. I know it's painful to listen to Morning Joe, but you need to hear this because this is what's being peddled out there. This is exactly my point about the corporate media doing the bidding of the government and the Democrat Party. Cut number five. Yeah, and you know, the irony is if you travel around the world, which I'm fortunate enough to have a chance to do um, several times a year, you know what the rest of the world sees right now? They see America with the strongest economy. They see America with the most advanced technology. Uh, America's universities still the brightest light on the horizon in terms of academics and research. They see American companies still exceeding in terms of their global reach. But you know what they really look down their nose at? They look down their nose at Donald Trump being the leader. I mean, what they everyone says to you when you travel, well, you wouldn't elect him again, would you? Um, hasn't the country learned? You wouldn't ever give this guy power again, would you? Tell us that he's not going to be reelected. Please tell us that you've learned your lesson. So the only blemish on the great country of America worldwide is, in fact, Donald Trump. And can I make a suggestion? I move that every newspaper in America quits doing any fact checks on Joe Biden until they fact check Donald Trump every morning on the front page. They do that now. That the New York Times fact checked Joe Biden on something. Oh, I oh, mean, oh, he oh. vomits lies. Trump vomits lies. Trump vomits lies. And so the corporate media does fact checks on Joe Biden. That's amazing to me. I had no idea that they did that because they don't do that. But you know what they're all mad about? They're all mad about the fact that the New York Times talked about Joe Biden's age. That's what they're upset about. But I'm telling you why they did that. Because the narrative, the stage is being set. And what is that stage set for? Swapping out Joe Biden. That's what it's being set up for. The New York Times is just doing the bidding of that. They don't actually care about Biden's age. They know that it's going to cost them the election. He's going to lose. So now they're bringing it out there because they need to get rid of the guy. That's the only reason why any of this is happening. If we had a media in this country that actually did their job, they would be fact-checking Joe Biden on everything. But they're not. They'd also be fact-checking on the Russia collusion hoax. Here's the idiot congressman, Jamie Raskin, who again, again, is making comments that are ridiculous about Russia collusion and Russian hoaxes. With no basis of fact whatsoever, they've just decided to do the old replay. Let's go back and play the hits. 
Let's go back and play the hits. Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia collusion, Russia hoax. Let's do it. Let's go back and play the greatest hits of 2016. It didn't work then. It's not going to work now. But these people are not creative. They're not talented. They have no ability to be creative or funny. So here's Jamie Raskin, cut number six. Um, these falsehoods that are concocted as part of a Russian conspiracy theory. So well, I hope that our colleagues uh, on the Oversight Committee and Mr. Comer will finally just give up the ghost and shut down the circus and say, all right, this is over. We tried our best, but there's nothing there other than disinformation and propaganda by Vladimir Putin. But do you think they will? Well, so far they've not. I mean, we had another guy who was supposed to be a bombshell witness who turned out to be uh, an asset or an agent for the Chinese government. And that blew up in their face, too. And every other witness uh, really implodes on them. And they just go on to the next one as if we wouldn't notice the pattern. But I, I do think this is the end of the road because this is where it all began with that original lie. And now it's becoming very clear how it got started. This is all part of a propaganda and disinformation campaign by Russia attempting to help Donald Trump. And, you know, when we point out the very clear contours of this story, our colleagues just start chanting Russia hoax, Russia hoax. Well, what's the hoax? Is it the, uh, the brutal invasion of Ukraine and the tens of thousands of Ukrainians who've died or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of Russians who've died? Is it the death of Navalny that's the hoax? What exactly is the hoax they're talking about? Because um, it seems to me that the most well, likely hoax is really Donald Trump, who's been manipulated uh, by Putin for a long time or is certainly in love with Vladimir Putin. In love with him. say a negative word about anything. He's he in does. love with him. So is, is Jamie Raskin suggesting that Donald Trump is gay? Because I'm just curious about that, because that sounds to me very homophobic, what he just said. Incredibly homophobic. And somebody needs to call him out for that. <laughs> I think Jamie Raskin is being incredibly anti-LGBTQ++ IA, every letter of the alphabet. And I will not stand for that. I will not stand for that, sir. Unbelievable. All right, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Uh, we got a lot to chat about as we are live from Radio Row on CPAC. We got so much more to come. We're just getting warmed up. The Amish are under attack. That's right. Amish farmers under attack. Don't go away. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Hi, welcome back live from Radio Row at CPAC 2024. How are you today? Good to see you. Uh, our special guest is running late. They had a programming change with the speaker lineup, which happens all the time at CPAC. Um, but nevertheless, our special guest will still come by for an interview. If the show's over, we'll record it and we'll play it for tomorrow, but... Um, we're excited anyway. So don't worry about it. It's been a heck of a show with a ton of guests, and it's a lot going on. So I, for one, <clears throat> am wiped out, but that's okay, because I just got a gigantic Americano, and uh, it's a lot, of, uh, a lot of caffeine. 
So there you go. <laughs> and now a lot of uh, bourbon after that. So there you go. I didn't even do anything today, and I'm tired. I don't right? know how you're still standing. I mean, you know. Uh, Linda said, hey, Rich, awesome interviews today from CPAC. It's obvious that you are in your element. Thanks for great radio talk in the afternoon. So many guests. I have to DL the podcast and re-listen to Meg Brock. What an amazing voice of reason and inspiration. Yeah, and she's one of ours. She's local, which is great. We had a couple of local people on today. We had three. We had Scott Perry. We had um, Greg Price. And we had Meg Brock, which is great. But I really enjoyed hanging out with uh, my buddy, Congressman Scott Perry, today. It was a lot of fun seeing him and hanging out with him. So that was good. He's a good man. He's a, he's a fighter for freedom. He really is. They hate his guts, obviously. They hate his freaking guts. Uh, they're coming after the Amish, the Amish farmers. This is quite a story here. You know, in Pennsylvania, you are not allowed to have uh, raw milk or raw cheese. I don't know if you know that or not, but the Amish, uh, they, they like to sell that stuff. So there's a guy in Lancaster, Lancaster, PA. His farm was raided by the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. And the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture also detained a number of his, uh, of, of his products and food and everything else. We've talked about this guy before. His name is Amos Miller, and he's an Amish farmer in Lancaster. The PA Department of Agriculture detained thousands of dollars worth of food, which members of his community rely on to feed their families. My friend sent this to me earlier today. His court date is on Thursday, February 29th. Now... <clears throat> There's going to be a rally to support him coming up in Lancaster on Thursday, February 29th. From his point of view, and this is what's crazy, if, if you want to buy, in my opinion, you want to buy raw milk, you want to buy raw cheese, knock yourself out. I mean, this is America, and I mean, my God, you can buy fentanyl on every freaking street corner, but we're going to spend time going after farmers who sell raw milk and raw cheese. If people want to buy it, they want to eat it, why can't they do that? I don't, I, see, this is what infuriates me about government. Some people like the idea of eating raw food. I don't because it makes me sick, but that's okay. So I, I drink pasteurized milk and the cheese. I sometimes do raw cheese, but either way, this is supposed to be the United States of America. It's ridiculous that we have a border that's wide open, and yet we're going after Amish farmers for selling freaking raw cheese. This is America and the priorities of America in the year 2024. Here's a little bit of the farmer, John Amos. Take a listen. Hey, everyone. This is Max Amos Miller, Payne. excuse me. I am in the cooler of Amos Miller here in Bird in Hand, Pennsylvania, and I'm going to take on a tour of the cooler, show you some of the food back here that the government will not let people eat, and uh, get you to meet the cows that are producing this amazing nutrient-dense food. So if you're not familiar with the Amos Miller situation, Amos Miller is an Amish farmer here in Pennsylvania, um, living according to Amish beliefs. Uh, farming, uh, raising food the way God created it, um, milking cows, unadulterated raw milk, healthy, grass-fed, nutrient-dense, life-giving milk is what this farmer produces. And he's teamed up with a community of some other farms that also uh, supplies the customers. They're doing a great service for the American people and for their private membership that they sell to. All this food has been sitting in the cooler, detained uh, for about a month now. Let's just kind of go go on a tour here. This is, uh, if you don't know about uh, raw milk, uh, it'll ferment over time. This jar right here exploded a little bit from the pressure. It's been in here for over a month. The salsa's detained, water kefir's detained, granola detained. Food, we're, we're confiscating the guys that, freaking that's food. That's unsafe. Look it up there. 
Can't sell maple syrup anymore. Pickled beets, uh, canned fermented vegetables. If he was selling this uh, is fentanyl, how people used fine. to make food before the big factories got a, got a hold of it. We've got the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. Pro right. Product under detention. Look at this yellow butter right here. Look at all this butter. Shelves and shelves of butter. Um, kefirs, yogurts. Whey is unsafe. We've got a whole other room back there. I mean, this is easy, $100,000 worth of food. Goat uh, goat products, beautiful goat dairy product. Look at all this cheese here. You're probably at home now wishing this was your refrigerator, right? Wishing that. This is the freezer. I'm in the freezer right now. Wow. Well, you Look get all this. I mean, this, thank you, Henry. That, that, this, is, this is the insanity of the United States of America in the year 2024. And Pennsylvania, this is Josh Shapiro. But here's the thing. Big food doesn't like... Uh, small farmers. There is a war against our farmers in this country. We have talked about it a lot. It is not a conspiracy theory. Nobody is spreading conspiracy theories. Our farmers are under attack. It's why more and more farmers right now are speaking out. I played you the clip the other day of the head of the Black Farmers Group. He came out and he said, Biden is useless. The border's wide open and our farmers are under attack in this country. But big food does not like competition and they don't want you to eat anything that's remotely healthy. They want you to eat food that's bad for you so they can get you on drugs that will make you better. It's why we're pushing fat loss drugs on kids who are 12, chubby kids, now getting shots of what a Zempic or whatever it is at 12 years old now. That's what we're pushing out here. It's absolutely insane what's going on in uh, in this country. But uh, don't worry. I mean, people are pushing back on this nonsense. And, you know, at least I can bring this to you and you can hear what's happening for yourself. Uh, there have been so many Chinese nationals who have crossed the border illegally in into this country in, in just the last several weeks. So, again, I mean, think about the priorities, right? We're going after Pennsylvania Amish farmers while the border is wide open. Bill Malugin from Fox News reporting that internal Customs and Border Patrol data that they've obtained reveals more Chinese nationals have crossed illegally into Border Patrol's San Diego sector in recent months than Mexican nationals have. These are the top 10 nationalities apprehended. Colombia, China, Mexico, Brazil, Ecuador, Turkey, Guinea, India, Guatemala, and Peru. Those are the top 10 countries, but more Chinese nationals have crossed into, a, into this country. So they're, they're second on the list. Colombia's number one. China's number two. Number two. Now, again, I mean, this is what I talked about with Scott Perry earlier in the show. You really think these people are just allowed to leave China to just come to America? Do you honestly believe that that's happening? There's no way that Xi Jinping is just letting people leave. Countries, you're not allowed to leave countries like China. So what's happening is, of course, is that they're sending them over here. For what purpose? That's the question. That's the question everybody should be asking is, for what purpose are they sending all these Chinese nationals to the United States of America? What are they planning? Why are so many of them coming? Why are so many of them coming over here? By the way, there's some other breaking news. The, um, the ex-FBI informant who's been charged with lying about Biden's business dealings has been rearrested. Yes, that's right. A former FBI informant who was arrested last week on charges of lying to the Bureau about the Biden's alleged business dealings in a Ukrainian energy company was rearrested Thursday after a judge deemed him a flight risk. You talk about trying to destroy the case against Joe Biden by absolutely destroying the credibility of a, a, a major, major allegation here. How do, how do the feds know that this guy's lying? They don't know he's lying, but the, that's not the point. The point is to destroy his credibility by arresting him and then having everybody in the media turning around and saying, ah, it's a Russian, Russian plant. 
He was released by a Nevada judge earlier this week. A California judge ordered him arrested again on Thursday after federal prosecutors argued that he was a flight risk because he has a, a dual citizenship with Israel. Why? Israel would, ext- would extradite him if the United States asked him to. We have an extradition treaty with Israel. The informant is actively peddling new lies that could impact U.S. elections, federal prosecutors said Wednesday, as they appealed to a judge to keep him behind bars ahead of trial on charges alleging he lied to the FBI about a phony multi-million dollar bribery scheme involving the Bidens and the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. Why is Christopher Steele not in prison? He's the guy who was completely behind the Russia collusion hoax. How come he's not in prison? Explain that to me, huh? Because, again, it's about destroying the case against Biden, destroying the narrative, and that's why they arrested this guy and arrested him again. Now, the great Victor Davis Hanson had a point to make about the uh, excessive fine that was levied against Donald Trump. You know, we've had Victor Davis Hanson on the show before. We should get him back, actually, Matt. He's a great guest. He was on with Larry Kudlow, and they talked about the $355 million fine that's been levied against him by New York State. And Victor Davis Hanson points out the excessive fine clause on Donald Trump and the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution really should apply here. Cut number one. Would this make a state case or a local case a federal case because the Eighth Amendment has been violated and the Supreme Court should hear an appeal? Does that make any sense, Victor Davis Hanson? I think it'll eventually get there because if you look at past president, is there been anybody in this jurisdiction that was fined that amount of money, or better yet, Larry, fined at all for overstating supposedly assets on loans that were performing, uh, uh, adjudicated by very sophisticated auditors, interest was paid, banks were happy, no complaint, either in the past or the present. So there's no contemporaneous example of anything like this. And then when you look at excessive fines and punishment, it's not just the fine, it's the deadline where he has to post the Mm -hmm. bond, Mm -hmm. and his children and he are not allowed to do business to use their usual levers of of taking out loans, and then they have a fe- an ex-federal judge also adjudicating what they can do and what they can't, and the company itself has got restrictions on it, and then you've got the larger atmosphere that everybody knows that he might have to unload valuable assets in a short time period, therefore deliberately on the part of the judge and the, and the uh, prosecutor deflating the actual value of the assets. So it does seem to me it's not only exit, uh, excessive, it's unusual punishment. Were you surprised? I, I think it'll be overturned. But- yeah, it is excessive. No, no question about it. It's a serious Eighth Amendment uh, violation, in my opinion. And again, you know, we've talked about this a lot. There were no victims in this case. Nobody had a problem with anything. And the other point I'll make, too, is that this is such a threat to business, to the free market. But, that, but again, they don't care about the free market. The left is just trying to destroy Donald Trump. But if banks, let's say you say the property is worth $300 million, and the bank wants to take your word for it because they know that they, if, you, if they give you a loan that's $300 million, they're going to make more money because of the interest, they're going to make money. They have the right to make money, and they did, and they wanted to do more business with Trump. Why does nobody factor that in? And the reason why they don't factor it in is because it's irrelevant. Under that statute, it's not relevant. There doesn't have to be any intent to defraud, and there doesn't have to be any victims. There literally does not have to be any victims. And there, wa- there weren't any victims. That's the point. There were no victims. 
Here's the other point, too, I want to make. And this is a, a, a very important point that I think is, is uh, important to know. The Biden administration is doubling down on cracking down on gas cars. Tinkering with the near-term speed of implementation doesn't change the end game, which is banning new gas-powered cars. That's what's happening. That's what the Biden administration wants to do. They want to ban gas cars. Just like His Royal Highness King Philip the Unaccountable, His Royal Rugness has announced that in New Jersey, and Gavin Newsom has announced it in California. On the national level, that's exactly what the president wants to do as well. So the EPA has proposed tailpipe emissions, uh, their, their new emission standards, which were in recent weeks submitted to the White House Office of Management and Budget for final review. And they are designed to ensure a staggering 67% of new car sales are electric by 2032. Nobody wants these things. And they're destroying our roads. And they're not selling and nobody wants them. So what does the government do? The government does what it always does is it tinkers with the free market and creates a fake market by forcing you to go out and have to buy something you don't want by also eliminating a perfectly legal product, which is a gas-powered car. And that's what they're doing. 67% of cars will have to be electric by the year 2032, unless the, we, get a, we get President Trump in there, and then he can undo all this stuff. Because remember, this is not something that they've passed by Congress. Congress did not pass this law. This is, again, the executive branch using the power that they have to promulgate regulations coming out and basically making a perfectly legal product illegal by just simply pushing out a regulation. And if Congress doesn't like it, Congress has to turn around and Congress has to pass a law to undo a regulation. It's upside down law. And Biden's liquid natural gas export ban is atrocious and bad for America, and it needs to be stopped. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Don't go away. We are live from CPAC 2024. More surprises straight ahead. Coming right back. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, let me explain what's going to happen here. So our special guest is going to stop by in a few minutes, and um, she's presently doing an interview with Steve Bannon right now. That's going to end in a few minutes, and she's going to come over here. Now, we're going to chat. I'm probably going to go longer with her than the time until the show ends, which means that at some point the show is just going to end, and we'll go into Mark Levin's show. You'll hear the full interview tomorrow, because I imagine it's going to go longer than the allotted time. So, Henry, is there anything I need to do before the end of the show? Uh, no. Riveting. Thank you, Henry. What do you, what do you want me to say? Do you want to give me a rundown? <laughs> no, I just, no, 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 no. The word no is fine. It's, it's so don't, concise. So don't, yeah, so don't fine. criticize it. I, it's better that he said no. I said riveting. Well, that's a compliment. <laughs> I gave, just gave you a compliment. I said riveting. It's just the way you say it. Uh, no. <laughs> Not like it's been a great show, great job. I usually Kick, say you know, that after the show. The landing today, nothing, just uh, no. <laughs> it's like having freaking Lurch what? back there at the studio. <laughs> Honestly, you rang. That's what we should start doing for you. We should have you say you rang. I, we, I have that. Record that a long time yeah. ago. We do have it somewhere. Uh, oh, by the way, guys, you this rang. is really good. Perfect. Yeah, they're perfect. <laughs> By the way, Vice Media is going to stop publishing on Vice.com and plans to cut hundreds of jobs. Um, Vice Media. Who owns Vice Media again? Um, I have an idea. A private equity firm 
Fortress took over Vice last year in bankruptcy. And, but, <laughs> but as I understand it, Fortress Media is something else, right? Vice is, again, a loser. I mean, it's a, it's a lefty loser site, right? Isn't it? Vice, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So a Fortress is a private, let's see, the bankrupt Fortress Media. I'm just trying to understand a little bit. Uh, uh, Fortress Investment Group and, oh, and Soros Fund Management. Okay, oh, okay, all right. Well, there you go. Um, uh, so, <laughs> anyway. How could that be relevant to us? I don't know. <laughs> In a sign of good things to come. Uh, so Vice uh, is now shutting down operations. Hundreds of jobs will be laid off. And uh, it would stop publishing online content on its flagship website and plans to cut hundreds of jobs following a failed effort to sell the embattled digital publisher, digital publisher and its brands. That's kind of weird, though, because I thought hedge funds buy stuff to make money. Isn't that what we're told? Uh, <laughs> that's typically what we're... Yeah, I mean, a hedge fund isn't in the, isn't in the business of charity or losing money. Or, or political propaganda. Well... Or shutting down... Um, I guess it depends. They said it's no longer cost-effective for us to distribute our digital content the way we have done previously. Uh, as part of the shift, we will no longer publish content on vice.com. It's a women's lifestyle-focused site. No, Refinery29, which is a women's lifestyle-focused site, will continue to operate as a standalone publishing business, and the company is in advanced discussions to sell that, as the Wall Street Journal previously reported. Okay, we expect to announce more on that in the coming weeks. With all the strategic shift comes down the need to realign our resources and streamline our overall uh, operations advice. Regrettably, this means that we will be reducing our workforce, eliminating several hundred positions. Employees who will be affected will be notified about next steps early next week. See, it's weird because I thought the people behind this were geniuses. <laughs> we're absolute geniuses. Mm. Yeah, perhaps, well, I feel really not. good. Yeah. <laughs> we better make that movie, Cocaine White House Dogs, <laughs> ASAP. Because, anyway. Um, update the resume. So our special guest is Tulsi Gabbard. I should mention that. Oh. Since we're almost at the end of the show. And she's doing an interview with Steve Bannon right now. She just spoke at CPAC. She's going to come here. She's only doing two interviews today. Steve Bannon and our show. And they have the, the what do they call those things? This the rope line yeah, all set up here. Yeah, our section of CPAC is roped <clears throat> off right now. We're literally the only show on because they punish me and make me go till 7 o'clock. Yeah, I don't know if we have security now because of Tulsi or just because there's no one else left to secure aside from us. Yeah, maybe they're just the security guys are just bored at this point. Like, <laughs> well, we'll protect them. Maybe they like I the guess. show. They're enjoying it. They should like the show. It's a great It's a great freaking show. Anyway, Tulsi will be on. I don't know how much of of her will have on the actual show. So the show, like I said, if she comes here any minute, um, it'll just end. If she doesn't get here in time, then we'll just, either way, we're going to play the whole interview tomorrow for you live at CPAC. We're also working on some other big uh, names for you for tomorrow's show as well. Everything, it, it's very fluid here. That's the thing. You got to, you got to, you got to just um, roll with the punches at CPAC because things change uh, on a dime here at this place. Everything is subject to change. It's just how it goes. It's it's the media. You know what I mean? So it's all right. And her publisher, though, likes us. And she likes me very much, obviously. Well, I mean, how could she not? And so that's why she's agreed to do an interview with only two shows today, Bannon and me. So look at that. Pretty cool, huh? And um, you'll get to hear the whole thing in its entirety tomorrow 
on the show. In fact, Henry, what's my out time? Oh, hard out of 56.50? All right, nope. so we don't really have much time left anyway, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. And I think she's still talking to Steve, so we may not, we may not get her at all today, but that's okay. We'll, we'll have the interview in its entirety for you tomorrow. So that'll be fun, right? That'll be a lot of fun. Um, it just, um, it's, fun, it's just funny because we're, we're so used to shows never being planned. We don't plan a damn thing on this show. We never have. And then we actually try to plan something, and it doesn't work. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I, what am I going to do for four minutes? Just vamp? I'm vamping? I can't get into something. Can't start a segment. So I'll go back to my poll. Which movie <laughs> title do you like better? Mine Since I'm probably going to be out of radio soon and in, into the filmmaking business. <laughs> so which do you like better? That is the question right now. Do you like the movie title, Cocaine White House Dogs, or Defund the Police, dot, 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 dog, exclamation mark. Right now, Cocaine White House Dog is leading at 85%. Defund the Police, dot, 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 dog, exclamation mark, is at 15%. All right? So basically, the bottom line is this. Cocaine White House Dog seems to be the winner. But the polling is not over yet. It's not over yet. <laughs> it seems pretty close to over. You still have a chance. Those of you who are all in on defund the police dot 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 dog exclamation mark you have a chance to change everything you can change the world you can change it all with your vote <laughs> sounds Basically, like uh, the Twitter. only one it sounds like defund the police dogs has the same amount of chance as uh, your boy uh, asshat hutchinson does to win uh, the presidential election I don't think you're saying his name right. It's Asad Hutchins. Oh, excuse me. Excuse as I'm me. saying, this is as three nuns are walking by. It's like a bad <laughs> joke. Sorry, sisters. Some mother, sister. Not quite sure right there. Um, it is Hutchinson for the record. Asad Hutchinson. Henry, you were correct. I oh. spoke. Okay. My bad. Sorry about that. Asad Hutchinson. All right. Well, there you go. Um, what else have we got? Nothing? That's it? All right. Uh, <laughs> got like a minute here. Yeah. So This is just terrible timing. Talk, uh, timing's everything in life, right? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's not great timing, obviously, but it's not terrible either. It could have been worse. I was nervous that they were going to actually physically throw us out of here at 7 o'clock, but that doesn't seem to be uh, occurring. So on the bright side, at least we can conduct our interview. Yes. On the downside, the audience just won't hear it. It'll yes. be for, for you and I. And I have confirmed with the Trump campaign that President Trump will be coming back on the show. I don't know exactly when, but he will be coming back on the show. That's about as big of a, a get as you can possibly get. It won't be here at CPAC, but it will be soon. And uh, that's why um, it was so great to have our buddy Roma come on, because she is the woman who can make it happen. All right. Well, I guess we'll play the interview with Tulsi for you tomorrow. She's going to walk over in just a few minutes and we'll record it. And then we'll play it for you tomorrow on the show as we continue day two live at CPAC on Talk Radio 1210 WPHE. The great one, Mark Levin, who's speaking here tomorrow, is up next. They actually asked me to fill in for Mark tomorrow night, but I can't because I'm here at CPAC. That's okay. We'll have a lot of great stuff for you tomorrow on the show. Keep the conversation going on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.